What does it mean to be blessed? We'll, we'll sometimes say that to people like, oh, I'm blessed. Or if some good things have happened to us recently, we say, oh, I've just been so blessed. And I don't want to dispute that, right? Because you are blessed. But does the blessing consist of the circumstances in your life or the character that God is creating within you? Because I, I see this list that, that Jesus gives us in the gospel, the Beatitudes, one of the most famous lists in all of Scripture. And what he says is blessed doesn't always correspond, I think, to what we day-to-day believe as being blessed. We would probably say something like, blessed are the financially secure, those who don't have to worry about living paycheck to paycheck. Blessed are those who won the genetic or physical lottery and they just don't have any illnesses. And you know what? They're nice to look at too, so people want to be around Blessed are they who don't suffer from any kind of mental anguish or distress, who find engaging with people to be easy, and who have great relationships. Blessed are they whose families are not dysfunctional. Blessed are, and then you just fill in the blank, with any good circumstance. But our our blessedness cannot be contingent on circumstances. Why? Because circumstances change. You might have the best health in the world, and then an accident renders you unable to walk. You might, think you might be financially secure one day, and then the next day, an investment turns out poorly, and man, you're struggling. Or you lose your job, not because of your performance, but because the place just went under. Circumstances change, but God wants to create within you a character that doesn't. So that we can be blessed no matter what happens. That's the beauty of the Beatitudes is that they are essentially resilience. That that you are able to be resilient in the face of trials. But how does that kind of a blessedness come to be? Well, you see, Jesus, he not only gives us this list, this list is essentially his self-portrait. It's him saying, be blessed as I am blessed. This is the way that I lived, and I will empower you to be able to live this way too. But to be able to model our lives on Jesus, it can be intimidating. Sometimes we use the excuse of, well, Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but you're God. You are literally God, and I am not. And it's just very difficult for me to try and live as you live. And even though that might not be the most valid excuse, it's one that I think is very real for very many of us. And so, in the 18th chapter of this same Gospel of Matthew, Jesus shows us another example that is typical of the Beatitudes. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child... He put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. 
You see, Jesus Christ was the most childlike man who ever lived. Say that again. Jesus Christ was the most childlike person to ever have lived. And there we might say, like, no, 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 Father, that's a little disrespectful. No, no, no. Childlike, not childish. I think that's a helpful distinction because we look at kids and we see the spark of that original innocence in them, and that's childlike. But then we also see the temper tantrums. We see the not understanding how the world doesn't revolve around you. We see some adults that never grew out of that. And that's childish. Childish are those remnants of the original fall that we need to learn to fight against. And hopefully in our maturation we learn that. Childlike is that thing that unfortunately we forfeit far too easily. And then we live without it. Jesus didn't. He still had that zest for living that comes so naturally for children. He still had that deep concern for the person in front of you that sometimes kids are able to have a lot better than we adults. And I think it's helpful to view the Beatitudes through the lens of a child. To realize how all of us lived those out a little bit differently when we were kids. And why was that? We had that crucial virtue that Jesus mentions in that gospel. Um, Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. There we have something that ties into the first reading. What is it that the Lord says through the prophet Zephaniah? Seek the Lord, all you humble of the earth who have observed his law. Seek justice, seek humility. Perhaps you may be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger. See, we've gotten humility all wrong. We think it's a sad virtue. We think it's just beating up on ourselves. Like, ooh, I felt good about myself today. I must be prideful and awful. No. There are things worth celebrating. There are wonders that you are capable of through the grace of God, and it's worth being happy about that. Humility is not saying, oh, I'm the worst, and I'm just terrible, and God probably is disappointed in me. I'm disappointed in me. That's not humility. That's just a waste of time. Right? That's false modesty. No, humility is the child that comes up to us and says, I worked on this all day, and I think it's really good. I tried. The first, like, 17 attempts were, were pretty awful, but I think I nailed it right here. Come watch me do this trick. Humility is excitement because you recognize that there's room to grow. It is being able to use all of the gifts at your disposal. Humility is a child jumping as high as they can in the air. Because they want to use the body that God gave them and say, look, look at how high I can jump. We might think, oh, that sounds prideful. No, that's the excitement of saying God gave me something and I'm going to work with it. Humility is the child who asks, well, why is that? Why is this that way? Oh, can you explain this to me? Who's that? Humility is recognizing I don't know everything. And you know what? That's okay. At some point, as we kind of just um, shed the best parts of who we are, the childlike, we forget to have wonder and awe at the creation all around us and the creator from whom it all came. We forget to ask questions because we're nervous about like, oh, I probably should know the answer to this, so I'm not going to like show my cards and let people know that I don't know. No, get that out of here. 
Ask the questions. Have the wonder and the excitement and the pursuit of knowledge. Try to get to know the world that's around you and the God who created it with the excitement of a child, with that inquisitive mind. Use the gifts God gave you with the excitement of a child who just wants to be able to see what they're capable of. See, we lose that too often and we call it maturity when really we've just become boring. (laughs) The Lord wants us to be able to be childlike in the best ways possible. And so he gives us the Beatitudes as his self-portrait and also a picture of what we're capable of if only we remain as little children. So how do we do that? How do we get back to the best parts of being a child? Well, we recognize that we have a father, and a good one, right? One that that is unspeakably better than ours. Even if you had a wonderful father, think of all of his best qualities minus the drawbacks, and you're getting a little bit closer to the love and care that God has for us. But when we remember that, we turn to him as father. Because one of the problems that we have is, We as adults, our prayer is boring. Like, not only is it subjectively boring to us very often, where we're like, all right, our Father, I'll be there now. Okay, I've got like 50 more Hail Marys to go. And we don't let that be a relational experience of drawing closer to the Lord through the Blessed Mother. I think too often we treat prayer like a performance review at work, and God as a boss who must be disappointed. And so instead of having this loving relationship, our prayer is, God, I know that I'm messing up and I should be better at this and that and this other thing. And I know that you're mad, but don't worry, I'll get it all together. Please just don't give me a pay cut. Don't fire me from life. Please, I just, I'll get better. Nobody wants that. That's why you don't pray, because your prayer is torture. Because God is not your father in your mind, in your heart, and in your soul. We might not be the boring adult in our prayer. We might be the nervous teenager. Doesn't want to say the wrong thing. Doesn't want to seem foolish or dependent or like they care too much. And so our prayer might be, hey, how was your day? Good, fine. How are you doing? I'm good, fine. Uh, Tell me about what you're interested in. Nothing, nothing. What are you going to do today? I don't know. And that might be the way that we share with God because we're so scared. Because other people, when we've let them in, they've betrayed us. And we think, I can't trust God, so I just got to be a little closed off. Or, option number three, we become like little children once more. Because you ask, at the right age, you ask a kid, What'd you do today? And they say, let me tell you what I did today. Oh my gosh. So I was in the backyard with Jimmy and we saw this rock and it was too big for me to pick up. So, so Jimmy helped me and we moved it from one side of the yard to the other side of the yard. But then under the rock, you will not believe this. Do you want to see? Yeah. Under the rock, there was a bottle cap and it was from some kind of soda I've never heard of. Shiner box, something like that. I don't know what it is. But I, I got it and it's in my room now. I got the cap. Do you want to see it? And the child wants to share because the child still has excitement. At a certain point, we, we buy into the lie that God does not care about the details. And so we become the nervous teenager or the boring adult instead of remaining childlike and saying to God, this is what I did today. 
This is how I'm feeling. This is what I want to do. These are my hopes and dreams. You know, those things that we gave up on. (laughs) You can resurrect them in your prayers. You might not today be the person that you thought you were going to be when you were a kid. But you're still able to be God's kid. To be his son or to be his daughter. And you're still capable of becoming that great saint in heaven that he's imagined you to be. But it takes being childlike and humble in our relationship with him. It takes the humility to realize I still have so much room for growth. And that's not a sad humility, but an excited one. Because we can be excited about the fact that we're going to learn more. We can be excited about the fact that we are going to progress as people, that our character is going to get better and better. When we're boring adults, only ever concerned about the circumstances, we just become these poor, sad victims of life. Like, oh, things didn't work out the way that I wanted because this and that and this other thing. Or we could be kids. Kids that are confident, not in their own strength, but the strength and love of their father. And and that's where we see childlikeness in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Children know their poverty and they're not upset about it. I don't mean material poverty as in not having uh, enough of the necessities in life. That's something that we need to take seriously and help people in those circumstances as much as we possibly can. I mean poverty in spirit, where the child is not upset that his parents are stronger than him. He's happy about it, because that means they can pick him up and they can carry him. We feel so inadequate if we're not self-sufficient completely if if we don't have it all perfectly figured out and god's like dude of course you're not self-sufficient you need me like yes you should be responsible in your life and all that but before you're responsible in life you need to be dependent on god to have that poverty of spirit to realize i'm never gonna have that like all of it perfectly figured out i need god for all the little things and all the big things. It's okay to be poor because my father is rich and all that he has is mine. Blessed are they who mourn. See, this is a tough one because we think, are, are we supposed to rejoice in like bad things happening to us because blessed are they who mourn? No, this means, think back to Nobody is sad like a child is sad because they actually allow themselves to feel their emotions. We at some point said, no, 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 I can't do that. I just got to keep just soldiering on. And yes, there's a time and a place for expression of them. But too often the time is never and the place is nowhere and we just bottle them in instead of allowing ourselves to weep with the Lord when there's something worth mourning. To mourn those things that we've lost, those people that we've lost but also to mourn our sin. And and children mourn their sin well because they kind of have no other choice. They still are dependent on you. And so when they mess up, they have to turn to you at one point or another. And they're able to say, I messed up and I'm so sorry. And do you still love me? And they get to see you say, of course I still love you. I mean, for the 8,000th time, no throwing things in the house, but I love you. If we could mourn in that way with the Lord, to where instead of uh, having our sin be something we think defines us, we could just mourn it and say, like, I do hate this sin. 
but I bring it to you because you're my dad. And I know that you still love me, and I know that you can help me with this. Blessed are the meek. Now, meekness, we confuse with weakness. We think that uh, to be meek means that you're just this wallflower and like, oh, no, I'm just, uh, I don't want to talk. I don't want to do anything. No, meekness is knowing your strength and knowing when to use it. And knowing that you don't have to lead with, oh, I'm the tough guy. Kids get to be comfortable in the fact that they are not as strong as life demands because they're like, hey, my parents, they're strong enough to carry me. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Kids have a sense of justice. My goodness. If you try to cheat in a game and they catch you, oh, you're done for. But we sometimes lose that along the way. We start cutting corners. We start cheating our employer or cheating our employees. If only we could restore a sense of that justice, of that fairness, and try to live by it. Blessed are the merciful. They're kids. We forget how much they forgive us. Right? Because we're imperfect in the way that we deal with our kids. We lose our temper. We might uh, treat them the way that we would never treat an adult. And you know what they call us afterwards? Mom, Dad. We still love us. And sometimes they are so much more capable of not holding a grudge. Whereas somebody does something to us and we say, nope, never again, never going to talk to them ever again in my life. They're like, all right, so Susie was the worst last week, but today we're playing again because who else am I going to play with on the playground? <laughs> right? They're able to forgive. Blessed are the clean of heart. And here it's not just um, maybe some of the sins that we would associate with impurity. This is this Purity of heart that is, I I am who I say I am. This integrity, this purity of intention and of motivation. It's something that when a child does something, they are doing that full throttle. And if only we could live that way as well. And then finally, blessed are the peacemakers. How often do we hear, no, 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 don't fight, don't fight. If only we can be that kind of a force in the world to get warring parties to be able to talk, to reconcile. We might not be able to fix everything, but if only we could reconcile just two people, how wonderful would that be? How blessed if we had this kind of a character characterized in all of these beatitudes. And we can achieve that if only we remember in humility that before we're anything else, we're God's kids. So we have permission to be childlike in our prayer, sharing with the Lord all things, knowing that before he is the almighty, omnipotent God of all creation, he has called us to be his children, which means that we can call him dad.